welcome back, my fans, friends, and fanatics. As you know, it's me, Christopher Wilmot, your continual host for our Truth Over Tea podcast, where we're learning to tell the truth over spilling the tea to the LGBT community and even beyond. So whether you're in the community or affiliated with it or even beyond it, I welcome you and thank you again for your listenership. If you don't know me by now, I'm Christopher Wilmot, as you heard, and... I spent four to five active years in the LGBT lifestyle identifying with homosexuality. That's some tea about me, but here's some truth about me. God accepted me, God changed me, and he's helping me control me over those sexual desires and issues. So if he can do it for me, why not for you? And this podcast is teaching you how. But specifically in this bonus series, we're going beyond the LGBT related topics that we're used to targeting and tackling. And we're gonna deal with topics of your concern and societies. So if this podcast or this specific installment of truth blesses you, don't forget to like, comment, and share it. So without further ado, hopefully you have your tea and you're ready to join me for this installment of truth. To infinity and beyond. Welcome back. It's me, Christopher Wilma, as you heard. Your continued host, and I thank you again for another installment of truth for you joining me, of course. I thank you for that. <laughs> um, let me properly greet you. And um, again, welcome you, and I thank you for joining with me. This is our Beyond portion of our series where we're doing a bonus episode or bonus episodes in this series dealing with all topics, not just revolving around the LGBT community, but even those beyond the community, as you heard. For our title that we're discussing today, not to redo our whole intro there, is I wanted to discuss something very, very important since we're in the vein and lane right now of mental health. I wanted to show some of you who may be in or even out of the community or affiliate or associate or maybe even have some struggles or temptations aligning with the LGBT things that we've discussed. I wanted to educate some of you all on the topic of mental health pertaining to the LGBT community. Stuff that I kind of knew having been a product of some of these things, statistics and stigmas and results of, you know, just how communicational breakdown, societal norms, the times in that we, we are in now that I wasn't, I've, of course, I was in the LGBT community times before this, but a lot of this stuff I see carried over even in this time. And then there's some new things that I had to educate myself and continue to educate myself on on the subject of mental health and then where where it pertains to the LGBT community specifically. We already dealt with mental health in a general aspect for all others outside the community, but since this is our Truth Over Tea podcast targeted for ultimately for that community of those who have come out or desiring to come out of that identity and embrace their Christianity as an identity through the discipleship that we offer via the Truth Over Tea podcast. Well, in doing so, as you know, what we do here, I wanted to carve out some time to discuss some, maybe not encouraging, but informative facts on the subject of mental health. And of course, how the truth will help with that, but particularly some of the facts surrounding that is specifically for the LGBT community. I don't have my normal mug here, so you're not going to hear my ding where my um, mug was is concerned where I typically stir my tea. Or coffee or your choice of beverage. But grab your tea, your your choice of beverage. Join me and just listen in on some of the stuff that may encourage you on why maybe I think the truth of the matter of why a lot of people even in the LGBT community struggle with 
mental health issues. I think it has to do a lot with the truth found in Romans 1, when people who have suppressed the truth, they have been more susceptible to the lie. And therefore, it, the Bible says they have been receiving some of the due consequence and penalties for rejecting and suppressing the truth. Suppression leads to depression as one thing, as I said, as I said, but that's a more in a spiritual biblical matter, but on a factual scientific informative matter, there's even some truths in here that may also help to educate us. Now, I want to start by saying I am not any in any way, shape or form saying that because you're gay or have struggled being gay, that somehow you are automatically going to be mentally ill. You are mentally ill or anything like that. I am not suggesting that. But I'm just saying there is definitely some high statistics dealing with this that we have to be honest about since this is the truth over T podcast. We have to be honest about and begin to accept so we can begin to evaluate it examine it and change it. First comes acceptance, then comes change, then comes self-control, as you know. So acceptance, change, and control is the three things you know we advocate here. So I want to show you some stats and statistics for you to accept so we can begin to see some change where this is concerned. But the first thing I wanted to make sure we emphasize is that I'm not saying that, you know, you are mentally ill if you're dealing with LGBT-related issues, but I am saying there is definitely a correlation between mental health and and those in the LGBT community, just like I had to give a kind of a hard, uh, I mean, I think I called it the the black heart, um, a, a hard truth to the black community, being a part of that community as well. I had to let them know, you know, there is some correlations between high crime in this community. And we can't say, you know, white supremacy, white person, cop, this, that, and third, when we see it among the black community, among one another. So black on black crime being still high, black on black murders and all the other stuff that is dealing with crime are some high statistics that we had to study out and see in episodes past that, you know, this is, we can't blame it all on society and not take any responsibility. And so maybe through this some of the LGBT community identifying individuals may be able to see this as well. But if you have already, of course, accepted Jesus walking as a disciple of Jesus, you probably have already understood some of these things that I'm going to go over. First and foremost, I want to quote some sites that I looked up. It's Mental Health America, M-H-A. And this is the LGBTQ plus communities and mental health tab, I guess you may call it, or study that they did. And again, that's the Mental Health America. So it's a pretty credible site. So a lot of, if not majority of all my stats and statistics were, were derived from there. This is a form of truth, but we know this is not the truth. The, the truth is found in the word of God where Jesus is concerned, but this is still truths because it's still stacks, stats that have been tested out thoroughly. So through this thorough testing, as we know, factual things typically are truthful. I wanted to read this to you. I established that in season one on how to pretty much cite things and find what the truth is regarding things and then how to kind of weed out the things that are not. So this is a pretty credible site I did my research on. And it says that 4.5% um, of the U.S. population identifies as the LG as LGBT the, or the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender community. But of those individuals, what was I thought was interesting is that they said 39% of them reported having a mental Ill illness in the past year. So what I find interesting, same thing I said, and I made a point with this, where the, the black community is concerned. If the black community makes up 
I think at the time I did the research was 11, between 11 to 13%. If they make up 11 to 13% of the population, why are they making up, in some cases, 64, 74, 84% of violent crimes? They're not even 74, 84, 64, 54, 34 even percent of the population. So if they're not even this amount of the population, why are they making up this amount this amount of the crime. Same thing I correlate with the with the LGBT community and mental health. If they're only 4.5%, which I thought it was a lot more than that, so that was, you know, news to me. If they're only 4.5% of the population, why are they making up 39% of mental illness and issues? And this is what there's now. This is what's interesting. This is what's reported. So how many of you know, especially in the black community, a lot of people don't report their mental illness because most people of the uh, you can say the minority communities, even though I know the LGBT community consists of a minority community, but specifically the black gay people or black LGBTQ community, they're even the more suppressed or oppressed and they make up of a, a higher minority where that's concerned. Um and so with that being concerned or with that being said, excuse me, it's interesting that when you even start to get into those numbers, it's even higher. Now, that's for what's reported. We know a lot of those other communities, like I said, the black community doesn't report every crime. They don't report every issue, problem or situation. They've learned to just work through it or suppress it or, you know, turn a blind eye, whatever the case may be, however you would like to identify that or break that up depending on who you're talking about talking to. So this is a reported. So imagine if the, the stuff that's not being reported or mental health is concerned, whether it's uh, in the black community or an Asian community or any community that it was, to, was told that there's no such thing as mental health. There's no issues there. You know, you don't have no mental health issue. You know, you just, you know, you're acting, you're acting out for attention, whatever the case may be. So these things that kind of suppress and make people, are shamed for talking about these issues, so they're definitely not going to report them. But of those who reported them, 39% made up of the U.S. population of dealing with mental health. But it's on the rise because these are numbers from a year ago, year and a half, maybe two years ago. That's the most accurate or close mental mental health awareness, uh, or not mental health awareness, mental health statistics that I found. What's interesting is they did an LGBTQ mental health insight screening. They pretty much helped people understand exactly what being LGBT means and then what mental health is and then correlated the two things. And they said that 5.8 million people of that 39% I was telling you about, that's about 5.8 million people in the LGBT community reported mental illness of some sort of kind. Now this is... um, Included but not limited to depression, op- I call it oppression, but depression, anxiety, they're kind of calling a mental illness. Um, let me see some other ones that were on here. Bipolarism, suicidal thoughts and inclinations. These are some of the, some but not all of the mental health I- uh, uh, illnesses that they were reporting. Just to kind of give you a general census of what that was. So very informative, not to sound too boring. I'll try to see if I can spice it up a bit with some of these facts and statistics. But when I started looking into this, kind of adding some flavor to this so I don't bore you too much. But when I started looking into this, what led me to do that is because I knew that when we talked about mental health and everything the Bible had to say about this, does it 
change among LGBT related individuals or is it pretty much the same? Well, it says that the LGBT community has been reported to be 2.5% higher risk of using or not higher risk, but higher usage of mental health resources than straight people. Now, you can say that's a good thing because they're wanting to use these resources more or it could be seen as a negative thing because they need these resources more. I, I do believe that being gay by the statistics makes it a little bit more harder on you mentally. I'm not saying you're dealing with mental illnesses or you will, but I just think it, it's obvious that statistics show it's probably going to be a little bit more harder on you mentally. And I don't know if it had to do with something to do with the suppressing of the truth, you you denying what is true, you denying God who is true, all these different things that we talked about spiritually. Or if it's just, you know, some say you just have a hard enough, you have a harder life being gay, black or any other type of suppressed minority group. And now I, I correlate this between some of the points we've made, I think you probably could say prior to some of our discussions and in episodes past and I correlate to some of those points I made about the acceptance component because I I couldn't help but think looking through all these statistics these facts that when reading why they were dealing with these mental issues it all derived around the lack of acceptance in fact they actually said that a lot of what contributes to mental people's mental issues is lack of acceptance now it says, in fact, in this article, it reads that some of what I already said, so I won't bore you too much by rereading all of it. But it says one study even found that LGBTQ plus community people use mental health services 2.5 times higher than the rates of straight counterparts, as I said. But however, they are, I, sh- I guess I shouldn't say too negative there. However, they are also at particular risk for experiencing shame, fear, discrimination and adverse and traumatic experiences that worsen or heighten their need for these services. So they're pretty much justifying why it's 2.5 times higher. But that kind of goes back to my original point about the acceptance. Lack of acceptance is going to, I think, deal. you're going to be dealing with some form of mental issue because I don't believe, scripturally speaking and spiritually speaking, God created us to be alone. God did not create us to be rejected. God didn't create us to be hated. God didn't create us to hate, whether it's gay people, black people, white people, straight people. It doesn't matter. He didn't create us to do that. So when you're going against your creation, when you're going against the purpose or the creation or the yeah, the, the the purpose of a thing, the source of a thing, the use of a thing, that means it's you're abusing that thing. And that's when abuse will become inevitable when you're not going when you're going against the original reason for why this thing was created. Now, let's take humans for this context. An example, humans were created to love. That's not just a John Legend song, you know, my, one of my favorite artists. You know, you know, we were we were not just created to love as a John Legend song. We were created to love because God created us out of love because he is love. That is the truth. So when you're not experiencing love, maybe you are experiencing shame, guilt, condemnation, discrimination, traumatic events sexually or or, or religiously or culturally. These things are going to negatively affect your mental soundness, your mental capacity and your mental health. 
And what I say, which is kind of probably like an obvious, is sometimes when I talk to people who have boldly identified that way or are desiring to, I always kind of like prep them up. I said, hey, I'm not here to try to change you. We know Grace does that. But I do want to make sure you woke where this is concerned. If you're going to if you're going to accept this as an identity, you have to accept everything that comes with this identity. Same things I'm trying to get some of the Christians that I call disciples out there or really the Lord calls disciples, I'm trying to get them more aware of what comes with the turf. That if you're going to call yourself a Jesus follower, accepting and, and bearing the name of Jesus, he says, be ready to be persecuted for that name. Be be ready to be hated because you're guilty by association. If they hated me, Jesus said in his word, the truth, he says, they're going to hate you because they hated me. So this is not something I'm putting in fine print. This is not something I'm putting uh, you know, below the contract where you can't read it, can't see it, and something I'm trying to keep from you. God says, no, no, I want to make this big, bold, and even in red that I want you to know, if you still read in your Bibles, where they have, you know, the, the, the typical Bibles, they put everything Jesus says in red. So it's like, you know, in this stage, this day and this day and era we're in where technology probably prohibits a lot of people from going to an actual Bible. But in the Bible, it's even a red. So he says, I don't want this to be hidden from you. I'm not trying to withhold this very evident truth that if you're going to be a follower of me, be ready to be persecuted for me. The same thing I kind of try to submit to LGBT community, the LGBT community, is that if you're going to identify with the L, the G, the B, the T, the Q, the I, the A, the plus, whatever else they may came out, come out with in the near future, be ready to be persecuted for being gay, for being whatever it is that you're identifying with. And in this context, it says discrimination is going to come about. Shame and fear could be an issue. Could be. I'm not saying it's automatic, but it could be. And you have to be prepared for that. I think what is sad is when people are not prepared for what they have identified with and they're shocked by even Christians are shocked by people not liking them because they're Jesus followers, people Bible beating or people shaming them for reading the Bible, people disowning them for their faith, so on and so forth. And that all has to do with acceptance. So we know God accepts us and even the gay people, he accepts them. But in that acceptance, there's something he wants to factory reset you back to, which is love. And that's what he's kind of has me in, in my own individual walk with him. And this season is that he's trying to factory reset me back to love because we know faith works by love. According to Galatians, faith worketh by love. Galatians 5, 6, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Galatians 5, 6, that says that we know that circumcision and uncircumcision, the law keeping and the law breaking has nothing to do with what God originally intended for us to do. He wanted us to express faith and express it through love. So believing him and then loving him and then believing even in who is in us. You know, I would say like this, believing him and loving him, believing in ourselves and loving ourselves. And then from there, believing in and loving other people. I think if you can't love God, you're not going to love you. And if you can't love you, you're not going to love other people. Because remember, he said Love others as you love yourself. And then he raised the standard and says, I want you to love others as I have loved you. So everything is still based off love, based off how you have experienced and encountered it. So God is trying to factory reset us back to love, in my opinion, in this season, at least for me and what I'm teaching others um, in, in our discipleship classes or discipleship studies. So I submit that to you as a little caveat or another added subtitle to this this original topic we're dis discussing. Now you say, what does it have to do with mental health? Well, I believe that's the cure to it. It's acceptance. It's acceptance, which is one, not all. It's, it's, it's included, but not limited to love. 
Acceptance is a form or expression of love. When you love someone, you accept them. Even if you don't accept everything that comes with them, you accept them. Now, I think this is what's going to help combat some of the issues that they're seeing in the LGBT community where mental health issues are concerned, that people need to feel accepted. Before we try to give them medicines and diagnosis, or, or which would probably be a misdiagnosis of their mental condition, let's give them acceptance, which is stuff we've already said on this podcast. Let's make sure we're accepting them. Make sure we're making them feel welcomed. Make sure that they're feeling safe and safe with to come in with what they believe. That's, that's, that's so big. They need to be able to be safe enough to come in to your circle with whatever they believe. I'm talking to some people at this time who are of other faiths. I want to challenge my faith and God's really challenging me in my faith to to talk to and love people who are not of different faiths. And I'm learning so much. Not that I'm changing my faith per se, but I've come to and coming to a broader perspective on the faith when you start to see God in other people's faith, which I won't get into too much. I'll save that for another beyond or beyond episode. But it's interesting talking to LGBT community. They want the same thing we want who are out of the community or coming out of the community. We want, they we all want acceptance. So God accept us even despite the different things we may believe that may be contrary to him or contrary to us or contrary to some other major group. I'm not going to accept you for your truth. I'm going to accept you for you. And that was, that's what love will do. And through this acceptance, I'm experiencing change. Just like I have, I desire them to. But they have to feel accepted with their mental issues, their illnesses, and even their sexual sins and struggles. That they need to know that there's a place that I can lay this down at. And without, like it says, without feeling ashamed, without being afraid, without being discriminated against. A young man or young woman or a non-binary, non-binary doesn't need to feel discriminated against or or afraid to tell somebody that, hey, I'm dealing, struggling with, or have identified with this among people who have not. Because if not, if if they don't feel accepted, they're going to be rejected, obviously. And that rejection is going to affect them mentally, because I don't believe that's how you are mentally wired. I know we, we've talked about this too. You know, people say I'm an introvert or I'm a loner, I'm a, I'm a homebody. Those, those, those things are okay to some degree, but we've gotten even too far with the identity on those things to the point where now people are trying to rewrite and rewire how God originally wired them. God did not make anybody, he says in Genesis uh, 2, I believe it is. He did not make anybody to be alone. So if you are alone and you desire to be alone more than you desire to be with people, that may not necessarily be healthy. And that could be an issue of a mental, I won't call it. Yeah, I'll call it mental illness, a mental issue of some sort of kind. Now, some say, well, how can you say that? Well, I just did. (laughs) Well, you say, no, how can you say that? Because going back to the truth, remember, we're tracing everything back to that. Going back to the truth, the truth says, oh, no, I didn't make you to be alone. Getting alone is one thing. Being alone is a whole nother thing. And he says that is it's going to affect you mentally if if you haven't already been affected mentally, because sometimes how we've been traumatically mentally altered, it comes out in other things that we're now trying to accept as normal, like being introvert, like, oh, this is normal being gay. You know, that's that's popular. But I don't know if we want to call it normal because that it, it, let's let's call what God calls normal, which really he doesn't. He calls everything true in his original purpose. So let's go back to the truth in its original intent or purpose and figure out, is this normal according to God's eyes. Is this, uh, is this aligned with his truth and so on and so forth? 
Now, just because somebody's expressing themselves that way or, or have identified that way doesn't necessarily mean it is the way, as we know. So sometimes things has mentally altered us and we're just now starting to accept it. I've seen people do this with mental issue, issues like depression or anxiety or to the point where now people are saying, I am depressed. They're owning that as an identity, as we've said before. Uh, my anxiety, they're owning that. You see how they're, it's almost like a pet to them. They would take possession of it by calling it my. That's identifying with it. That's laying hold of it. And that's what he says in Colossians, I don't want you to do. I don't want you to start to adapt to this and clothe yourself with this. No, you've already clothed yourself with Christ. You've already been, you've already put off these old, things. You've already come into Christ and experienced with them and all things have become new. It says in first Corinthians, all things have become new. So if all things have not become new, you need to come into a new side of God so they can, they can begin to, you know, maybe your sexuality hasn't became new or maybe your mentality hasn't became new, your identity, whatever it is that needs to become new. You need to continue to seek God on the truth where this is concerned so you can become new and pretty much go back to that factory reset on how he originally created you. Instead of just owning and identifying and accepting these different things that you have mentally been altered to do or mentally been altered to accept. And I think we've done a better job of accepting sin than we have than 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 we have accepting sinners. We've, we've done a better job of accepting sin more than we have done accepting sinners. And what has happened is we've called that love. Well, I'm going to accept sin and that's love. No, I'm going to accept a sinner but I'm not going to accept sin. We're supposed to still reject sin and accept the sinner. And there's some, some would say, well, what if they're identifying with their sin? How can we really accept them? Because we accept them for who God created them to be. Loved. Out of love, for love, to be loved. They may have different ex expressions and misunderstandings or interpretations of that word. But remember, going back to God, we love them, the sinner. Because God first loved us. So we now love them. And even if... We don't accept or God doesn't accept their sins. And I think it is possible. You need help from the Holy Spirit to probably help you to do that. But I can still love a sinner apart from their sin and bring them back to their identity. And that's how we need to kind of like factory reset people is bring them back to their identity in Christ. Where when you get to your identity in Christ, remember it says in Galatians, you, there's no more male or female. There's no more Jew or Gentile. There's no more gay or straight. There's no more black or white. See, when you bring people back to their identity in Christ, they lose all the things that they once identified with. Now, I want to go back to some of these statistics that something else that came out of this when I was studying this. I'm only doing 30 minutes of our Truth of a Tea podcast on this subject. So I'm, of course, not going to study and reference all different sources here because I don't have time to. Time would not permit. But of course, I would like to, you know, highlight different points from different places. And articles I read, but in one one article I was reading, I found it very interesting. This after reading statistics and, and, and re reviewing the points, I found it very interesting. All of what people are willing to give up to be gay, they're willing to give up. Some people give up their families, their religious beliefs, parental covering, friends and other associations. They, it, I mean, it's just interesting. With all the numbers that had to deal with mental health within this community, how high it is and how kind of disproportionate it is in most of the studies I saw, that even with all that, people are still willing to go through that 
just to be gay. Now, I think that's 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 powerful. That should tell you the power of faith and the power of identity. Hence why we need to be emphasizing some of those things within our own faith. But what's interesting is if you can do this for being gay, I don't see why people oppress or reject or argue even with me when I tell people to kind of do this for Christ because they're already doing it for something that they like and have accepted as their identity. So if you're changing your identity, you're going to have to do it with the new thing you're identifying with. And what I, the only reason I bring that point up is because when I disciple people the way that I do and ask them to deny the things that I'm telling them to, that Bible has already told them to, they, there's this insubordination that rides up in them to try to rebel against me, but ultimately reject and rebel against God as if what he's telling you to do, you're not already doing in reverse for somebody else. So why not for Christ if it's who you love? Now, there's, of course, controversy out there that, you know, can you be gay and Christian? I'm not going to get into that. But what's interesting dealing with mental health is a lot of people say the means that I have people to go to or people like me, they may not say me, but people like me, the means that they have people to go to suppressing who they really are is what's contributing to their mental health, mental health issues and illnesses. And I found that as an interesting point because it is a valid one, because when you are suppressing who you really are, suppression does lead to depression. But the thing is, if you're not willing to change who you are. That's why you have to suppress who you are. But I'm not asking you to suppress who you are. I'm asking you to accept who you are. And who are you? A child of God. Who are you? A a, a believer in Jesus. Who are you? A follower of Jesus. That's who you should be identifying with. And notice none of those things have to do with your sex, sexuality, or race. Again, bringing people back to the origin of their identity. Not these different things that they have identified with. Now, this has to do a lot with mental health and the approach that I take to it and versus others because they really do believe me telling people or other people to tell people to deny, to submit, and to change or anything like that. That's what's going to cause people to be mentally ill when I think it's clear that they are already mentally ill based off these statistics for those who are mentally ill. I'm not saying all of the LGBT community, as I, as I constantly reiterate from my point previously. But if you are mentally ill, it's not because of religion or the Bible or Jesus or anything of those lines when it clearly says that people who are not even believers who obviously do not accept Jesus or maybe they do or maybe there's a gray line that's not clear. The The statistics are not clear, but mental health and issues are already going on prevalently. Or that, or excuse me, mental health issues and illnesses are already prevalent in this community. Now, some is some say it's because of the lack of acceptance in these other places. I agree. I already agreed with that and already said that supported that argument. But we can even see in Sweden and some other countries I was looking up. I can't remember all of them. LGBT marriage and LGBT acceptance and resources have been available for I think four to eight years, if not more, in some of these other countries, and yet the statistics are still high where mental illness and issues are concerned. So I'm saying acceptance is one way we're going to help combat it. I agree with that on a general aspect, but acceptance alone is not what's going to help because remember, acceptance, change, and self-control. We have to talk about the change and self-control component where we're dealing with mental health and, and awareness if we're going to experience change from it and healed and healing from it. I'm a person of faith that doesn't want to just talk about it, but be about it. I'm a person of faith who doesn't just like to hear about it, but I like to see it. I want to see what it is that this Bible says we can have. And I've seen a lot of times with the awareness of things 
to this community or even others outside of it dealing with mental health. They always want to just raise raise awareness, but nobody's really getting healed or they're teaching you to cope, but they don't teach you how to get healed or they teach you how to feel better, but not be better. And, and Jesus is interested in you being better, not just he is interested in you feeling better, but he's not just interested in you feeling better. He's interested in you being better. And that's where the change and self-control components, I believe, come into play, even where mental health is concerned. You have to and should want to experience change, especially if you're sick mentally. You want to be changed, but that's going to take acceptance. It's going to take God's grace, that which is an expression of his love. And it's going to take your self-control. You're going to have to control yourself, which is not an on. It should not be an onslaught against your faith if you are sharing the same like-minded faith as I. So God accepts your grace, changes you, control you, as you know. And through the six stages of discipleship, you should be able to and begin to experience mental health and wholeness and healing whether you're in, out, or around the LGBT community, no matter what issue mentally you're coming to Jesus with, because he does accept you and his grace can change you. And you can control your emotions. You can control your desires and your attractions. You cannot control if you were given them, but you can be. You can control what you do with them. And maybe that will help with some of the mental issues that you may be going through or someone else you may love is. As well, again, I want to talk about factory reset to love. So maybe that will be our next episode. But I want to factory reset you by the help of the Holy Spirit back to love, because I think in that is where you're going to find the fullness thereof, the fullness of wholeness and healing, healing and peace and everything else that you're seeking for mentally and other things that you can find in Jesus where those things are concerned. So I said only 30 minutes and I'm already a minute going on two over. So without further ado, God accepts you. Grace changes you and you can control you. I pray this this was an informative, not too boring of a episode for you today, but I just wanted to correlate mental health in the LGBT community. And I pray fully hope that I've done so in a just manner and a educational informative manner. So until next time, you all love you and see you or hear you around.